This morning's reflection is about walking meditation. Walking meditation is as important and insightful potentially and as deep a part of our practice as is sitting meditation. The Buddha spoke about the four postures for practice, sitting, standing, walking, and lying down. Depending on the particular practices that we're engaged in, at any given time along the way of our practice. Walking meditation fulfills a different uh, use or promotes or potentially promotes different aspects of the development of our practice. If you're doing a concentration practice, your primary orientation at different, a certain time during your, the breadth of your practice over the years and you're focusing primarily on concentration practice, walking meditation is very important. Basically with concentration practice, walking practice is a time for refreshment, a time for brightening the mind, brightening the heart, refreshing the body, the mind, and the heart. And it's very important to include this as part of one's practice. With concentration practice, one still, if they're using the Anapanasati practice, the mindfulness of breathing as the focus of attention, one still uses that as a primary focus, even during walking meditation, although it's not as detailed or precise or as close in as it is with sitting. But again, it can be our primary focus. We're also more aware of the body moving. And it is a very helpful and important, and I say essential aspect of concentration practice, this refreshment that's brought through walking. If one's primary focus of practice is mindfulness-based vipassana or insight meditation practice, 
walking meditation is very much an important aspect of bringing a very close, clear, and often very precise attention into the body. The body as it's moving. The lifting, the moving, and the placing of the leg and foot. There's a potential tremendous amount of insight or understanding or wisdom that can arise with giving a kind of clear, connected attention to the body moving in the process of walking during mindfulness-based vipassana or insight meditation. In either case, with concentration practice or with the walking connected to vipassana practice, we find that if we pay attention and are really focused with the breath and in the body with concentration and primarily with the movement and the sensations in that movement with vipassana practice in a very sustained and continuous way, that after 30 minutes or 45 minutes of this kind of attention, the mind really becomes quite concentrated, quite focused. That's the potential. There's really nothing special, so to say, that's supposed to happen in walking. And sometimes just people miss the simplicity of it. Because there can be a lot of expectation. With Vipassana practice, it's simply using the movement and touch as a way to develop a sustained attention. With concentration practice, we continue with the breath as a primary object, but we also notice the movement and touch at times, and this helps to focus the attention. And just as in our sitting practice, when the mind wanders or goes off the sensations of movement, the touch sensations, the breath sensation. As soon as you become aware that it's off the object, the intended object of attention, when you become aware that it's off, just simply and very gently bring the attention back again. And it's not necessary to go on internally with some commentary or judgment or evaluation. That's a lot of thinking, and it doesn't help. So just notice, and then bring the attention back. Gently returning again to the object of attention.
with uh, vipassana practice, with insight practice, the basic rule for the speed of how slow or how quickly one should be walking is to walk at the speed where it's easy, easiest to stay mindful. So you have to experiment and be very sensitive to this. If you're walking very, very slowly and your mind is wandering the whole time or a good deal of the time, you might want to walk a little bit more quickly. And just the opposite as well. If you're walking relatively quickly and the mind isn't very focused, then you might want to slow down and bring a deeper, more connected, maybe more precise focus. With concentration practice, we walk at a somewhat slowed down, but not real slow, normal pace. So you have to find your rhythm, your pace, with concentration practice so that you're easily connecting to the breath and also having a sense of the body moving in a connected way. With both practices, for the most part, doing a formal walking, during formal walking periods, it's better to be walking back and forth in some path, either inside somewhere here or outside, rather than kind of taking a long stroll or amble around and about or some kind of a uh, an exercise walk. Because, of course, when we're walking in a given path, it's quite clear to the mind that we're not going anywhere. And it's quite clear that that subtle anticipation is eliminated about going somewhere or getting somewhere. So it's much easier to settle in. To settle in just to the movement of the moment. The breath as it's in and out. If you're doing metta practice, the phrases along with a natural rhythm that develops with the movement of the body. So that our total attention, our awareness, is just with this, just with the movement, the breath, and in the body to some degree, just with the phrases and the movement of the body, as though nothing else in the world exists. That's the potential. It's also important with walking practice to realize or recognize that the practice of walking 
can really be a model for all of the movement throughout the day. We move around a lot. And so very often we're not present in this movement throughout the day. At least not very present or not very often present. So letting the walking, it's a training of the, of the mind, of the heart, through the body, with a soft attentiveness and a careful attention. I wanted to mention that here at Sandranamo Lodge, we have two special and somewhat unique uh, opportunities for walking practice outside. Some of you may know from past retreats here, and some of you who are new may have already discovered that there's what the owners call a prayer path they developed that goes all around the perimeter of the property of San Geronimo Lodge. And it's a path that was created as a meditation path, a place for practice. You can walk any part of it or the whole thing as an aspect of walking practice, of your practice. And along the way, there are places of reflection. There's usually a sitting uh, bench or some way to sit down and reflect in relationship to each of these places that offer a particular quality of the heart quality of the mind. And they're written on a little plaque at this, these different spots along the path. Things like generosity, love, patience, compassion, courage, etc. And most of these uh, reflective spaces and the quality of the heart and the mind that is uh, available at these spots correspond to the Buddhist paramis. And so it's a wonderful uh, potential for walking practice and some reflective practice along the way. So if you haven't discovered it yet, sometime while you're here, over the period of time you're here, it's, it's worth uh, exploring. As I say, in part, or the whole thing, or parts of it on different days. The other uh, walking opportunity that's offered here at San Geronimo Lodge and again, some of you know it from past retreats, and some of you may have discovered it already, who are new here, is a labyrinth. 
And this is a very interesting and can be uh, challenging way to engage in practice. With the labyrinth, there's a goal. You enter at a certain spot, and the goal is to get to the center. But if you follow the labyrinth path, you find that, oh, I'm almost there, as you follow it around. And then all of a sudden, the path ends. You can't go any further. So you have to retrace your steps to some degree and find another way. And this can happen over and over and over again. We find that, oh, we've done it. We've made it. Now I know. I'm here. I've got it. And no, we haven't. We still have more to do. It's a very um, potentially illuminating way of practicing and including walking meditation uh, to watch the mind, to work with the attitudes and expectations that the mind will very quickly come up with and then recognize, oh, still more, still more to do here. So that's another uh, unique, in terms of most Buddhist meditation centers, another uh, unique possibility for exploring the body, walking, the breath, in relationship to walking, and the mind's attitudes and expectations and habits that will pop up as you walk the labyrinth. The last uh, piece of this morning's reflection that I wanted to offer was... um, It comes from one of my Israeli students who, for quite a number of years, has taught meditation in prison in Israel. And this is a prison that has both Israeli and Arabic prisoners there. (coughs) She works in the men's prison, And she told me an experience that was very moving for her and and when she shared it with me it was also very moving for me in relationship to one of the groups that she works with in this prison. This is a very somewhat unusual prison in that they have uh, programs for prisoners that are not definitely not offered in all of the prisons in Israel and one of them is meditation 
This is a, about a particular prisoner, an Arabic prisoner, a man somewhere between 40 and 50 years old who had been in prison already for, I think she said, a good 20 years, quite a long time. And he chose to get involved in this program, uh, uh, development program, which included this meditation class. Now, some of you may know that choice in prison is a very complicated affair. It's quite a complicated issue. There's a lot of uh, distrust, a lot of fear that many, many of the prisoners have been holding for many, many years. So choosing to do meditation where you close your eyes is quite a choice to make for many of these people. This man chose to take the meditation class along with other, there's a whole body of courses that go with this particular program. An Arabic man and the meditation was being taught by an Israeli woman. That's unusual in itself. At some point along the way of these classes that she's been offering, towards the end of a certain given period of time with the classes, she asks the question to the students, what is meditation? What have you learned? What is it for you? She said that a lot of the students give kind of rote answers. They say what they think she wants to hear. Not all of them, but a lot of them. It's hard to be really uh, vulnerable, to present oneself in a vulnerable way and very open for many of these people. So they, they can't do it, a lot of them. But she said this one man, this Arabic prisoner who'd been in prison for many years, as I said, somewhere, she thought he was close to 50 years old. His response when she asked the question in that particular class was very simple. He spoke in Arabic. He didn't speak much Hebrew. And she understood understands enough Arabic to know what he was saying. And he said something like this. He said, Meditation is when I pay attention to the way I put my legs on the floor. It's Meditation is the way I move, the way I walk. Very simple, really very profound and very honest. He really understood something or understands something and was able to express it in this very simple way. Very practical, very body-oriented. And he had the courage 
and the honesty within himself to say what his experience was, which was very, very moving to my student. And when she told me, to me, so much so that I had tears in my eyes when she told me, I thought it was quite amazing. So if you haven't or don't, aren't inclined particularly to do any walking practice, I really encourage you to please try it. Please include it. Please begin to incorporate it into the breadth of your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.